Welcome to the Your Confident Self Podcast with Allegra Sinclair. Get ready to punch fear in the throat and gain confidence like never before. I'm here to help you become the powerful woman you're meant to be. Isn't it time that you get unstuck and let us see how fabulous you are? Hey, this is Allegra. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Today, we're going to look at 10 lessons from a five-year-old so that you can punch fear in the throat today. Lesson number one, stop saying yes when you really mean no. I can't be the only person who every now and then slips up and does this. You mean to say no, you plan to say no, everything in you is saying no, but when your mouth opens, yes comes out. (laughs) The trouble with that is when you say yes to something that you really didn't want to do, man, are you bitter inside. A lot of us have a servant heart, and we love to say yes to people, but if you make a habit about saying yes when you really mean no, that's damaging, because then it tells you that what you want doesn't matter as much as what other people want. When you say yes to everyone except you, you're setting yourself up for resentment and feelings of failure, and then you get scared and intimidated, because then you have to try to avoid the people who you said yes to because you don't want to disappoint them, but you really didn't want to say yes in the first place. So save yourself stress and mayhem and say no when you really mean no. Do you know any children who say yes when they mean no? Kids are real comfortable with that, aren't they? Hey, do you want any vegetables? No. Would you like to go visit grandma before we go to the football game? No. Five-year-olds are real clear about that. So lesson number one, stop saying yes when you really mean no. Lesson number two is be fearless. I can remember so many times envying other children who just seemed to be so fearless because I wasn't like that. It's kind of nerdy, quiet. I was different. And at the time, I didn't realize the magic that was in that. I just wanted to be like everybody else. But if you look at your average five-year-old, aren't they fearless? They'll climb anything, jump off anything, dive into anything, because it never occurs to them that there's going to be a bad result at the end. And I'm not talking about being dangerous or risky behaviors, because When we get grown, we do have to act like we're grown, right? When we're a child, we can behave as a child. And then when we're grown, we have to put some of the childish things away. But I'm talking about walking towards things that you want with abandon instead of walking towards them weighed down with reservations. So be more fearless if it's something that you really want. Lesson number three, ask for help. Children don't stop and think to themselves before they ask for help. Will this person think I'm weak? Will this person think I'm silly? Will this person think I'm lazy? If they're trying to do something and they can't do it, they will turn to whoever's close and say, help me. And we don't think less of them. We don't think, oh my gosh, this child is never going to be able to do anything in their whole life because in this moment they couldn't tie their shoe. We simply think we had a skill that they needed and we're glad to do it. Most people will be glad to do it if you ask them for help. Nobody's good at everything. If you're struggling in a particular area, ask for help. Getting help for something that you're struggling with helps build your skills and knowledge. Because while they're helping you with the thing that you're not as good at, you can be spending more time sharpening what it is that you are good at. 
Admitting you need help isn't a sign of weakness, it's a sign of strength, and it's a confident posture. If you are so comfortable with what you are and who you do and what you bring to the table that you can ask someone else to help you with something that you're not good at, that's pretty baller right there. Somebody who's insecure or afraid that people might find out they can't do anything isn't likely to ask for help. Lesson number four, and I have to admit this is kind of my favorite one. Believe you can be anything. If you ask a five-year-old what they want to be when they'll grow up, you could hear anything and everything, and they mean it. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be the first fireman ballerina spaceman. Okay. (laughs) There is all sorts of mixing of genders and careers and skill levels. Who cares? They want to be the first combination ballerina, fireman, and spaceman. And in that moment, they believe that they can do that. And guess what? Somebody probably could combine all those skills and become a ballerina and a fireman and a spaceman. But as they get older, they start to think about limitations and they start to think of all the reasons why they can't do something. So grab a hold of a little bit of your inner five-year-old and start believing you can be anything that you want to be. Because you can be anything you want to be if you want it bad enough and you're willing to do what's required. That's a whole other podcast, the whole do what's required part, because not many people actually want to put in the work, but this is not that day. Lesson number five is to stretch yourself. What do I mean by that? Well, if you only choose to do small things, like you make your dreams real small, you make your goals real small, and you think, well, if I only do these small things, then I won't get hurt. Then I won't be embarrassed. Then I won't fail. Actually, what you're doing is the opposite. You're increasing your fear level. Because you think you can't do anything bigger after a while. If you only try small things, then you start to think that's all you can handle, which isn't true. If you continue to act small, you'll start to believe that that's all you're capable of. That is a lie. I want to say that again. That is a lie. You are capable of bigger. The fact that you consider, the fact that you think of, the fact that you dream about bigger means bigger is in you. So stretch yourself. Do something that you think maybe you might not be able to do. One of two things is going to happen. You're going to shock the pudding out of yourself and do it. Or you might not make it all the way, but you'll get so much further than you thought. And then the next time you can go even further. Lesson number six from five-year-olds to help you punch fear in the throat today is no means nothing. (laughs) Oh, I can remember many times when someone told me no. And in my five-year-old mind, they must not have been talking to me because I didn't want their no to mean no. So it didn't. There are so many stories of people who heard no, but kept going. There's something that you want to do, something that you wanted to do that now you don't think about, but it's still in there. But someone told you no, so you didn't do it. Well, today, punch fear in the throat and decide that that no meant nothing and try to do it anyway. Go for it anyway. Be it 
Anyway, I don't know what your no was. I remember when I was a child, I wanted to be a gymnast. And I took gymnastics, I think, at the Y. And at that time, I didn't know any better. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go to the Olympics and be a gymnast. And I remember when the gymnastics instructor pulled my mom aside and said, maybe gymnastics wasn't for me because I didn't have a gymnastics body. Now, what she meant was that I didn't have the same body as the other people in the class. Well, I was the only chocolate drop in the class, and I had a very high, round Jamaican booty. Hey. <laughs> Today, I'm not mad about that, but five-year-old me felt some kind of way about that. So I quit gymnastics because I thought I didn't have a gymnastics body. But I'm going to fast forward. I sat down at a piano and started playing something I'd heard on the radio. And there were people around me who said, People who looked like me didn't play classical piano. And I remember talking with someone and wanting to take lessons, and they assumed I wanted to learn how to play jazz. And I was like, nope. The song I heard on the radio was classical. And they were like, no. And I was like, okay. Well, my mom was so bad and badass that when I told her that, she's like, who said no? <laughs> and then we promptly found someone who would say yes. So then I went on and played classical for many, many years, because no, to my child mind, meant nothing. Made it a lot simpler to punch fear in the throat when I didn't believe that no meant no. Lesson number seven, keep breathing life into your dream until it's bigger than your fears. A five-year-old who wants to build a treehouse won't have nails, wood, string, a plan, a diagram, even the right tree in mind. But they keep thinking about it and they keep talking about it and they keep working towards it and they water that idea until it grows into a flower. They keep breathing life into their dream until it's bigger than their fears. Man, what could we do if instead of letting our fears prevent us from doing something that we know we can do, deep down we know that's in us, but we let fear stop us? What could we do if we stopped doing that? Lesson number eight, forget your past mistakes. Man, I have an excellent memory and I love that about me, but I also don't like it about me because I can very easily remember things that make me cringe past mistakes, things I said I wish I didn't say, times I danced in public that I wish I hadn't done it, all sorts of things. But a child will make a mistake today and tomorrow it won't even enter their mind. Don't you love that? It's like every day they come at something with the same fresh energy and enthusiasm that they did the first time. It's like the mistake didn't happen. I want to be more like that, five-year-old. Lesson number nine, be mad today, right? Feel your feelings. If something happens today that makes you mad, someone in a relationship says something that makes you think, oh, not just no, hell no. Okay, be mad today, but then let it go. Have you ever seen children, you know, at that age, everybody's your best friend for five minutes, right? So they're best friends and then they have a fight. It could be about anything, but they have a big old fight. And they don't like the person and they're not talking to them for the whole day. Then what happens the next day? 
they get up and run to that person's house and they start playing like nothing happened because they let it go. I know people who are mad at people over something that happened 22 years ago. A small slight that a five-year-old would forget about five minutes later. But these are grown people who are still mad at a best friend for something that happened 22 years ago. The sad thing is it's not hurting the person who they're mad at. It's hurting the person who is mad. Takes a lot of energy to maintain that level of anger because naturally you would forget and move past some things. But for you to actively stay mad 22 years later, that takes a lot of energy. What could you be doing with that energy instead? Lesson number 10. The final lesson so that you can go out and punch fear in the throat today, stick up for yourself. I have a coaching client who has some amazing turns of phrase. And in one of our first sessions, he told me, I'll clean up the language for y'all. He said he wouldn't be a jerk and he wouldn't allow jerks to be around him. And I liked that because in that moment, he's committing to not be a bully, to not watch other people bully others when he's around, and to not hang out with people who choose to bully. So whether the bully is coming from inside your own head, it's your own confidence assassin, or someone else, stick up for yourself when you feel like you're being abused. Stick up for yourself when you feel like you're being wrong. Don't swallow that. Why let that live with you when in that moment you could address it? You get to choose how you address it. You can call the person on their behavior. You can just say in your head, I'm rejecting that entire notion. You get to pick. But instead of allowing someone else to overpower you, stand up for your rights and your beliefs and be who you really want to be. Because somebody who would stomp all of you is probably not someone that you're going to work really hard to keep in your life anyway, right? You're going to constantly be making decisions about how much access that person has to you and how close you get to them. And that's a powerful thing. That's not a bad thing. You get to choose every day who you get to spend time with and how much of that and how much time you spend with them. What we pay attention to grows. This is true in our flower gardens, and it's true in our lives. So how are you watering your dreams? How are you sticking up for yourself? How are you asking for help? How are you stretching yourself? If you give your dreams your attention and focus, then they can grow bigger than and overshadow your fears. You can't focus on both things at the same time. If I tell you, stop focusing on your fears, you're going to keep focusing on your fears. Because I myself am verbalizing what I'm telling you not to think about. So instead, I'll choose to say, focus on your dreams, focus on your goals, focus on positive thoughts and affirmations. Because while you're focusing on them, you can't be focusing on the negative things. You can use goal posters, visual cues, anything that you choose that will give you constant reminders so that you can pay regular attention and take care of the things that you really want. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.